time oh man that's beautiful a long that's time yeah. hello everybody welcome welcome back to third i edify george messa here and i could not possibly be more excited to have on my good old friend Bakidi kumalo you are the man i don't know what else to say the intro shouldn't even be needed but if you don't know who this person is you've heard his bass lines on so many recordings some of the most important bass lines and some of the most important music and we're going to get into all of that stuff and hopefully we'll get a little bit of the backstory how did this all happen what is it what is it like to be a legend i, I can't wait i can't wait to get into it mm -hmm. welcome to the show hey man thank you thank you george man it's been a long time my friend it's been a long time really i remember is. when when was that like in the 80s late 80s somewhere in 90s when we met maybe maybe a little later maybe like 2001 yeah 2001 yeah 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 because right? yeah. we met with ralph at the guitar shack at, at the right? guitar shack yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just outside port jefferson yep yeah man so you know i'm just really following every day really pretty much my stuff what i'm doing you know since 
since the beginning in South Africa, you know, when I started, it was like really moving forward, you know? And uh, what I had in my mind was like plan A, there's no B, you know, because B is, might not happen, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I stay with, I stay with the A and, and uh, you know, good things happen when you have a plan and you stay with it and so, and now recordings for me, it's like really, it's it's project that when I've been, you know, be invited to record something, I show up in the studio and, and, and have an open mind like, okay, this is something I don't know about the song and sometimes you don't know the people in the studio. If it's one of those sessions where, you know, you have a lot of people in the studio. So you kind of read what's going on and be part of it. And uh, so most of the stuff that I do, I just think about what's happening in the moment. And uh, the next day it could be a different session, different, you know, uh, project. It's either jazz or fusion or whatever, you know. And then when I do that too, I think about my family because, you know, I have kids. Now I have grandchildren. So <laughs> I want to show up in the studio and think like, this is a job. I got to do it right. And I got to get a check at the end of it. And then uh, so I can support my kids. Right. It's business pretty much, uh, you know, I'm trying to say that. Yeah, yeah. business. And, and also too, you learn in business because the music is different. You know, every project that I play, like Katie Hancock's project and Randy Bracker's, you know, and then in between Eileen and I was, you know, just a bunch of different people and then toes too. And the more I do all it, it's really, I get a chance to understand, you know, everything. Okay. Toes, you approach toes different than the studio because on toes you are on the road with a bunch of people and, uh, and every night when you play, like when I play every night, I, I challenge myself, like I have to practice the songs because I'm playing the same songs over and over, but I got to find a way of playing that, you know, well, you know, well, have a good tone, simple, simple stuff. Right. You know, yeah. but, but it's all something that I work with it. So I just never stop uh, working on it because once you're on the road, you're on the job. So you got to stay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't get to really use your amplifier on tour either. You just got to use what's there. And yeah. speaking of tone, you know, you got to just <laughs> hope Yeah, but you know, I'm, I've been blessed because, you know, of my sponsors, you know, like my base companies, everywhere I go, I have the same product, you know, uh, because I understand. And, you know, too, now I, I control things like, unlike something that's simple, that's not going to clash with my instrument because many tones, it just causes a lot of confusion trying to figure out what is your sound of your instrument. Sure. You know, so for me now, I want to make sure that the bass, the, the, the preamps, everything sounds right. And then the amp, just give me the sound. And then I'll do everything on the bass, you know, to get a tone on the bass, uh, the right tone. Or sometimes use something like this. This is uh, the, the Phil Jones. This is a DI and it's a head as well. What I, what I use my, my amp. It's got all these knobs, so it's easier. Right. When I have a DI, they just connect DI to whatever. And then I have my sound that doesn't clash with my bass. It's all flat. Right. I put it flat and then the bass, you play around with the pickups. Right. You know? Yeah, there's two, pre you got a preamp on the bass usually, and then you have one on the amp also. It's it, it can get very messy, very quick. Yeah, it, it get messy. So 
it's either you get a dry amp now that's why i like phil jones you know from so many years i've been using phil jones and when i play big stadiums the bass is very clear you know it's very clear it's very dry it's not muddy because sometimes other people they use tens four tens you get yeah. like massive bass out of control sometimes when you have uh, tons of microphones on stage yeah. they pick up the bass so with phil jones it's small speakers like seven inch speakers sometimes five inch speakers i use the nine five inch speakers and then the tone you get on the bass to add bottom or to add mid but the, the amp is very clear you can hear you know it's not fighting each other so phil jones's stuff is is it's really i mean for me it's it's good then you know the house sound the guy can balance it for He's the big speakers yeah, yeah. Rather, and, instead of lowering your fader, he'll actually give you some sound, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Really? You know, no. I've got my briefcase. There's a Phil Jones briefcase. Oh, it's just out of camera. Right oh, the here. briefcase. Yeah, the briefcase. I like. Was that I the like first it. time you played? You played my briefcase, you know, 20 years ago, eight, 19 years ago. Was that the first time you played a Phil Jones? That, that was the first time. Man. Wow, man. I just knew it. I knew it was the right thing. And people would be skeptical of the five inch speakers, but they're pretty bassy. It's, it's loud. It's real. Yeah, and then too, you have to know how to control it because mm -hmm. you think like it's a small speaker, you want to try to push it with low right. ends. Right. You don't get the presence because now the speakers, when you close, you hear different, but when you move forward, you hear different. So you have to depend where you're sitting to get your sound. Right. You know, because the distance, it, it counts. If it's behind you, you can hear it because it just hits your back and whatever. So, but you have to be away from it and there now phil jones has uh the thing is called the earbox oh yeah so the ear earbox right yeah it's like ear monitor you just you know put it here and uh, it just oh it's you... like a like an actual like speaker monitor it's not yeah any... let, me, let me see i have this yeah uh, i've heard it i saw that i'm always interested in how they sound they must be amazing i wasn't aware that phil jones made one that's cool yeah so earbox this is the earbox nice so you get your own personal monitor really yeah so like on stage you just listen now it gives you the bass the tone that you want to hear you know right. exactly you know your tone and and you just have fun with it i don't think people realize how hard it is to hear yourself when you're playing bass and they're thinking well you've got the, the loudest speaker why don't you hear yourself you don't sound bass waves take a long time to get to their regular size you don't hear it you don't realize how loud it is too. A lot of bass players that don't know, they just turn up, turn up because they can't hear themselves well. And then they're way too loud for the crowd. And then yeah. again, the sound man just brings you down. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very important on stage. But you know, you know, I played with, uh, I play for master, somebody who knows about how to control the sound because you know, if somebody's singing, you, you have a lot of lyrics in the story, but if it's chaotic on stage, then it's a problem but you know playing for Paul has been just amazing because you play to listen you don't play right. to uh just because you know your part but it's all about really listening what is the drummer doing are yeah. you doing stuff that's going to get in the way of the drummer or the keyboard player so my job was to say okay give them the foundation and when the time comes for me to do something I can do something because Everybody knows that, you know, that space, you got to leave that space for me to do stuff. Bass requires space. 
And it's something oh, I try yeah. to tell anyone I've ever like, what do you think is the most important thing you didn't know when you were young playing bass? And I said, well, note length, actually. Yeah. The control of note length is such yeah. a big deal. And you know better than anyone else. Your pocket is unreal, but you also have the very, you just know right away what you're doing. It's just perfect. You, you've recorded so many different styles. And yeah, yeah, you, you listen, you know, you listen. Each song as a bass player for me, you, you know, I think, okay, what the song needs, what is busy in the song, yeah. uh, what is low end in the song, you know, maybe the, they want like the drums that's going to be really dominating. And uh, right. so for me, it's okay. Just think, okay, what are you going to do? Okay. You bring the tone that's much or slapping that's needed because it's much clearer, brighter sound or right. percussive kind of thing. So you kind of read what's happening, you know, um, and, and just work with it. And some songs need fretless because there's a melody. Maybe you have to play with the vocal or mm -hmm. something, you know, so you got to, have that that sound you know the song it asks you to do that right you know yeah. and those things i just think about sometimes i don't know what i'm doing you know? <laughs> i think like, <laughs> well I think a lot like, of times you're you don't even know the people when you show up to the gig sometimes right you just met them and then you got to make it happen yeah 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 and you know uh sometimes i bring all my bases in the studio if it's needed because then i can say oh let me try this one the sound is much better for this one and right do some stuff but uh it, it's all about being in the business being in the moment and then when the project is finished i'm done sometimes i hear the song and i'm like wow that's a nice bass bass line and then find out that that, that was me playing <laughs> like oh that was me. <laughs> yeah yeah because i just that's record funny. i record it and then i never get a chance to hear it then i right. hear it in the radio and i'm like wow you know we got similar style or the tone <laughs> But uh, it's me. It was you. <laughs> yeah, and then I try to create too because you you don't want to be somebody else. You want to have your voice by doing certain things or you know your your sound or some things that you can repeat every project. That's you, you know. Yes. The approach, you know. I do a little bit less slapping and the tone, my tone of slapping. I use more percussive stuff than right. You know, so you know that that's no matter what project i do it's always going to be there i because believe that's it, the man. voice i believe it and it's not necessarily the instrument let's say jocko jamerson you, let's say you had all of their equipment it, it wouldn't really matter you really have to have their touch and you have to have their feel and whatever their brain does when they're moving around you it's not the same for you and i think that you know and by the way i know that this was once your base and that now you this you had the uh Washburn sponsorship, you know, whenever. And now yeah. you're with Kiesel, right? You have the Kiesel sponsorship and you've been sticking with that company for a long time now. Yeah, you know, like I I, I try to, uh, you know, stay with what works. But at the same time, you know, I try different other product. There's so many great products out there, you know. Awesome. And uh, and then I work with Roland and also too, I play the Aerophone. Uh, right. The wind instrument and... Uh, and uh, some keyboards, you know, when I write my own music. And so, you know, I try, I try a lot of things, the kissels, and then I have some other basses that, it, you know, it depends on the song too. Sometimes this song needs like a woody kind of sound. Yeah. And this song needs like a fiberglass, but the neck is maple or, you know, rosewood. 
because it's the song is a little bit uh, darker so i need to have you know so all those things and and thank god i have all those bases that can deliver that and all the, all these sponsors are my friend you know from right. washburn you know all these guys are my are my really good friends i, I see them every time we go to nam show and everything but you know that's great it's, man. It's, I mean, it's, you... all, it's all it's all and then too that helps me to understand the science of the base, you know, not just playing, but understand the science, how how to build your own. Now I work with Carla, the ukulele bases, yes. which is, I came up with the pick guard because I feel like with the pick guard, it gives you a better tone because it's much warmer. It's not just the wood, you know, it sure. doesn't resonate too much. So you can control and get nice sound and the strings and everything. So it's, it's, it's beautiful. You know, I play to build now instead. <laughs> incredible yeah you have an ear for that now like you know what would be, what would be great as you're playing right what, what would be great if it's had a pick guard here yeah that's cool yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you know like you want because you want to know everything about the instrument not just playing thinking making money but you want to build to be an educator later you know because once yep. you get it down as a science and you can you know be able to share with the other people and they can yeah. take it to another level you know absolutely and you know, and you really are, you really do have a very specific voice, even though you're with your solo albums, especially you've been able to transcend some of that and do more of your own thing, but you're really known for your fretless work, obviously from Graceland. It's, it's yeah. unavoidable at this point, right? You, you basically have your life as before Graceland and after Graceland, right? I mean, am I, am I right about that? You, you, have, correct. you yeah. have BG and AG, Absolutely. Of, right? That's Absolutely. you. Yeah. But can we get into where it all started and stuff? I'm, I'm curious if we can really flesh out some of what got you to this point. I think a lot of people have read interviews and heard you talk about the, you know, the Graceland and after, but I want to, I want to get a little bit of both if we can. Yeah. Well, you know, Everything started in South Africa, you know, like when I was about eight years old to uh, discover the music and, and see people playing in front of me, especially my uncle, you know. Mm -hmm. My uncle was always playing saxophone and, and, and very interested this every time. And so I just stay with it. And then sometimes weekends, my uncle will bring his friends to practice at their house and uh, yeah and then just watch them and 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 talk to them and just every time they practice at the house i'm like sitting there listening 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 and then every year nine years old ten years old now i ask questions hey what are you doing what is this blah 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 you know especially the bass player because he was playing the big bass you know right. upright bass and so i'll ask him what is this asking about strings and everything and and you'll say that all the time, he'll tell me, you know, the names, and it became a game. Every time he comes, he says, "Okay, can you tell me the, uh, the string?" And then I'll let you play a little bit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, I say the wrong one, and he says, "Oh, you failed already. Try another one," you know. <laughs> but you know, it just happened, and you know, like I really every year, every weekend, I look forward for that. Right. And uh, my uncle saw that I was very interested, and. Uh, by 12 years old, I was like, hey, give me that, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, like, and then you teach me also to, now he just, he bought another bass that's like a regular bass. Yeah. And uh, so I learned, you know, I learned, I just watched him one time, he had too much to drink, and I told my uncle, I can do the gig, you know, I'm 12 years old. <laughs> 
12, 13 years old, and my uncle says, really, you can do this? All right, let's go. And I play, but people, they really enjoy just to see me playing, even, sure. you know, it's terrible. But, <laughs> but, but for me, it was like, hey, look, this is what I want to do. Right. Now I'm 12, I'm, I'm, I'm getting older and I'm getting stronger. But now to learn how to play the music without having an instrument, you know, not even get a chance to play. So it was, it was a tough one. So I have to go every part of the township in South Africa. So where to? Right. Every time if there's somebody tells me there's a band practicing there, I go there and uh, find this band and then come in and just listen. They don't even know who I am. You know, just right. sit down there, listen, listen, listen. Some band, I said, hey, I can play a little bit. You know, they're playing songs that, that I can play. Because now I'm listening. I depend on listening because... You know, I couldn't read music. I couldn't really know anything but listening so I can find the bass. And I just stay with that every day. It was about find the bass, find the bass, find the bass. And then I'm getting older, like 14, 15 years old, and I join the bands. We go to Zululand. We got stuck in Zululand. <laughs> I'm like 15 years, and I, I got stuck for like 16 months. Wow. But then I had to learn how to live in Zululand because they don't have music stores. Oh, and uh, everything is like, you know, yeah, no Wi-Fi or nothing, no telephones. Oh, oh man, man. We, got, we got stuck there. It got really complicated. But, you know, I had to use something and know the local people and, uh, and just listen to what they're playing and sometimes get a piece of bread or, you know, yeah. something to eat for the day. Every day, man. Every day was it was a hassle for sixteen months, and uh, I got a chance to go back home. It was tough at home. My mother was like, "That's it, no more music," because she oh, watched now she that. watched me all this time, you know, listening and and watching. Right now, I'm like sixteen, seventeen years old, and I'm going crazy. Oh, but man. but it didn't end there. I I got another opportunity to go to Zimbabwe. And then we got stuck in Zimbabwe for like eight months. And that's a different, it's like a different country. The music is different, it's the Shona music. So I'm a little bit older, you know, like 18 years old. And I learned too, because Zimbabwe was like Africa, you know, I was like really around Africa and learning a lot of African grooves without speaking with local people because I didn't understand their language, but wow. music. Yeah, it was about just listening for me, and I listen, end up playing with the Zimbabwean bands, you know, because what am I going to do, you know, eight months stuck? So I play with the local band and learn the Shona music, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Yeah. After eight months, back to Johannesburg, and then I started to get sessions, 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 sessions. I'm like, you know, in the 20s, and... And now, you know, I play really now. My chops are like coming. Right. <laughs> Amazing. They're coming. And then now I'm getting hired to play with the jazz musicians. My thing also, too, was when you play, you have to be connected with musicians, you know, try to get as many as involved as possible because, right. you know, everybody, they, they can share a piece of bread with you. You know, they have a session, they call you, you play. So I started to get connected. 
playing with a lot of people now when I get uh, got back in Johannesburg and gigs, jazz clubs, you know, this and that, just just playing, playing, playing. And for me, it was great information and a great way to get stronger until 1985, the Graceland, you know, like I'm like the late 20s now. I get an opportunity to play with Paul and I was like, you know, bring it on, you know. Yeah, of course, especially if you're so know, unique. Yeah, yeah, I worked on it. I worked on it, and then I'm playing the fretless, and me and the fretless we're connecting. Fretless is like, you know, you better get a tone, you know, yeah, because you really the fretless is it's all about the tone. You have to listen to it and sing it. Don't force it. You force it, oh, you're in trouble. And people they like vibrating too much in. Yeah, you know? well, it's way way too much of this. No, you're right. But you are singing. You have to be able to sing. You have to audiate in your mind what you what you want. And yeah, that's the, that's the best part about it, but it's it's risky. It's a risky thing on the stage. It's, you, a, it's very, very careful. It's very risky. And then you know, like it's like playing a violin or cello. You can't just play and then all over because the tonation is a problem, and then the tone is all over the place. You know, you you have to now get connected with the fretboard. You know, when you do all these things, you're connected. You can slide a little bit. Oh, not even sliding, you're just moving your finger, but you get it's a certain, you know, tone. Yeah, it's right. a connect it's a connection with it. And for me it was about just master that. Don't worry about playing a lot of notes. Uh, right. <laughs> you there's, know, everyone, it, there's plenty of stuff going with percussion, there's guitar, there's keyboard. The other yeah. sixteenths are covered. Yeah, you've got your spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just play, get a sound and stay with it. And I made it simple enough, like the Graceland. For me, it was about, you know, there's so many people playing, so my thing, I have to be melodical. And right. and I have to have a good sound, not too thick, no, you know, just just right. And then the engineer, you know, he listened to my stuff and exactly got that. Right. You got same thing on tour, too. When we play on tour, like on stage, is the same sound. It is. I heard No, I, stuff I don't sacrifice. Yeah, I don't, I don't say... I wanna I wanna play a little better than what I did on the record. No, I stay there. I stay there because hey, there was nothing wrong with it, you know. If no, I try well, to change it. <laughs> I think millions of people agree, by the way. And you know, it's a lot like reggae where you actually had your own melody a lot of times too. So it, it was part of it. It was all part of it. And you oh. know, I wanna I wanna backtrack for a second too, because I know we I wanna get more into how Graceland was recorded and stuff because I particularly resonate with how Paul Simon wants to not punch anything in. He wants to do it all in one take as a full band. And you can really hear it. You know, I want to make sure that I'm not uh, wrong about saying that. But I want to get back to something even more at the, at the heart of everything because of where you're from and yeah. the idea that, you know, you need to hear fast more than you need to play fast as a bass player. You need to hear fast. And you have, to, you have already had some natural talent. There's no question about that. But being where you're from, the drum is just such an, a core element of your your culture, your, the spiritual side of things, the you know, and musically too. How much was drumming a hum part of your life, and how much of an influence was it on you in general as a as an instrumentalist, as a bass player? It all works together, you know. You have, it starts with the drums because you listen to where the rhythm is. So you're not in a different village than the other guy. <laughs> in the same village, and the drum will give you, you will give you the uh, the stuff. So you have to find out where you have to come in on one or the end of one. Right. 
you know, and uh, or either you listen to the high heads, you stay with the high heads. Yeah, there's a lot to divide, you know, between the bass drum and you know what is playing. So there's a lot of lot of stuff because two is not just playing your counting. You know, everything is you know it's about that, but also the rhythm is it's very important the way you play. For sure, for sure. And and was there was there a spiritual or religious side to the drumming in general? Was there certain beats that represented the day or a deity or something along those lines? Was there were drum beats representative of other things as well growing up? Yeah, pretty much, you know, like the beats, some grooves, it's like, you know, the traditional grooves. Like when people hear that, it's something that makes them feel better spiritually, right. you know, healing. yeah, it's it's healing. And and then it became like a national anthem of, you know, okay. of that kind of rhythm that you have to play that way. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, you go to Cameroon, they have a 9-8, you know, they're 9-8. It's it's what you know help them to get through some uh, difficulties, life changes, or ceremonies, whatever. Right. You know. So like the South Africa, it's like that. There's like happy music where people they just feel so free. You know, when you play that groove, everybody's dancing. They're not thinking about how great you're playing, but you know how amazing the the, the music. You know. Sure. No, it's not about one person, but it's about everybody understand. You're you know, right. and then and then you too, as a player, you try to get into that spirit of the people. Like you know, I'm not just I'm just playing you know the song, but right. you get into that, you become like you know one one people. It does do that, and I think there's a big. It's a big problem, unfortunately, in this culture in USA and a few other Western cultures where people, not necessarily musicians, but every, I think everyone's a musician, and I'm sure you can agree on some level, but the kind of music that people are looking for, they just want the lyrics, it seems to reinforce that, oh, I do feel like crap, I do hate my life for a reason, this person hates their life too, and it's totally removed from the dance aspect, it's totally removed from anything but almost um, reassurance that they're right, that they're just going to work their life and they're just going to die unhappy. That seems to be a really big theme lately. And it's so bothersome because what you meant, what you mentioned about the dancing, I think is the most important part. It's actually why I threw this book up here, the world history of the dance, because it's pretty amazing. And there, there is a big element of that. This is why most music of most cultures is very simple. A whole village can play it. It doesn't matter if you grew up you yeah. know, mastering piano or harp. And maybe we can talk about how much accordion was available, you know, to your ears at a young age too. I know you've mentioned that in the past in previous interviews. Was the accordion a big part of at well, least your influence or your culture? Yeah, you know, like he has some tradition, like you know, uh, the Sutu tradition and Zulu. They play the Cosentino one, the round one. Right, I've seen. You that. know, they play because the sound was like you know that was the sound that was connecting with with the people. And, uh, you know, some different tradition people, they play the big Korean, you know, like the Sutu people and they do the chants and they have like, you know, uh, a big oil can with some rubber, uh, uh, the top, and then they play that thing to hmm. give the sound and with the bottle caps around. That was the sound that they were looking for. That was, that can give them that happiness and, you know, and, and life and move forward because, you know, it's going to be a long day and it's going to be a long years and it's just, 
it gets harder every time. Yeah. But but you, you stay with your tradition and you, whatever the ceremonies, things that you do that keeps you going, that the generations have to follow that in order to survive at least hundreds of years, like in other people. You're right. But, it's, but it's, all, it's all that, you know, and me, I'm very fortunate because I was surrounded by all these cultures, even during the apartheid. You know, like my time, it was it was really bad because the system was brutal to the people, and everything was so difficult. But there was a beauty also of that tradition music. But I couldn't speak the language, right? Because we were not connected that way. But we see each other every day, but we don't know each other every day. You know, wow. so there music was a lot was of the bridge. The music was a bridge because then you know. Uh, I can land the groove and go to the student. I'm like, let me try this stuff uh-huh. they were doing on the vocal and uh, and work. So that means I'm connected with them. I just gotta learn more about them in order to move forward and respect them, you know. And so I played with all the local traditional people and just learning from them. Just wanted to get connected with them. For me, it's, it's personal. It's not just really playing. Because I never went to school. I just make my own school. Right. You made your own. That's, you know, I think a lot of um, some of the greats have that story to tell. That, like, I just listened. I listened to as much as I could. I played with as many as I could. And then you get your own thing going and you you have the history. Usually, when a player has a status like yours, where you're world-renowned legend, you, you know the history. You're not just some lucky guy who just happens to be good at bass. You're, you 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 understand and appreciate every baseline that you play. You know where it's coming from. Yeah. You know what it is, and yeah. that's a big part of what makes you you. Really, it's it's amazing, and that's what makes all humans humans, right? It's the it's the it's all of your experience, but you need that musically too. That's why when people try to sell like a you know get good overnight music course, it's it's, it's absolutely impossible. It really no, is it's, just it's, impossible. It's, it's a journey. It's a journey, and then to you have to survive playing music yeah you have to survive but first is that by learning how how do you want to survive right you know we just got back from south africa two days ago or yes two days ago and uh, i was in a place where i used to practice when i was young and then sometimes i would walk and take a cab and i was teaching my son my son he lives in the same house that i was I used to practice and and, wow. and 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 now I'm coming back almost 40 years later and I was teaching my son like look this is where I grew up and uh, you remember the street and I show him some stuff it, it it just so amazing but I never forgot those people that they saw me every time carrying the bass and going yeah. to take a cab going to a rehearsal studio session and they, they keep pushing me like, wow, you know, we have somebody like that who's consistent, you know, because I was never a guy like playing dice or standing yeah. in the corner, you know, and, and just hustling. But I was doing stuff. When I'm not walking, they cannot see me because I'm in the house practicing. Because you're practicing, yep. Yeah, yeah. And then when I get out and I respect them, and they ask me, hey, where are you playing? And and I become that guy popular. And then a few years, oh, a few, yeah, a few years later, I was on the big billboard, you know, like when you leave Johannesburg, you're going to Soweto, there's like a bridge, and there was a big billboard with my face in it. Wow. Advertising uh, uh, one of the alcohol thing, you use a beer. Yeah. 
and with my base and they put me on that because they know this guy man we know him from right. the beginning now wow. going back to south africa i meet people that they know they know my journey and uh, this two guys and a the lady they're like wow you know you made it we watch you grow and doing this stuff and for me it's like oh wow i i didn't really pay attention about what they're doing they're watching me but now they see that yeah i did some stuff and i stay consistent and even today you know still doing that because it's it's a journey you, you don't say just because you know a few notes and say oh, man i'm i'm done i'm great <laughs> you know? yeah right i made it right it doesn't uh, matter no, 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 no. Enough. You know, for me, when the market calls to work with people, and people love to work with me, and it doesn't matter what kind of music, you know, but I'm just like, hey, give me a song, let me play. I got my studio, right. I'm set up, you know, I got my setup, and I just record stuff for people and send it. That's Doing cool, recording man. at home, teaching, and uh, so now all the knowledge that I've learned, I can pass it over and, and, and help, uh, you know, young people sometimes we talk about the bass adjustment how to get a bass sound beautiful how comfortable you can play things you want to play so you have to maintain take you know take care of it you know i use right. spray i have all kinds of stuff i'm like really i fix my instrument so that right, when i go right. to the gig i don't expect to have like problems you know? of course yeah you have to at least be able to adjust the height of the strings and do other things otherwise yeah, you, yeah. You get really screwed fast. It can happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so you're always, always thinking, you know, it's always music, even if you don't play it, but you're thinking what to do, you know, with the instrument. For so sure. for me, it's a commitment, man. It's a, it's a commitment. Incredible. Now, uh, I'm a director of the East End Arts. I teach young kids in Long Island. And uh, they come in with their instruments and I teach them how to really take care of the instrument because you know, this could be a business for them. They can see the world like I did. You know, I mean, I use myself as an example. Sure. You know, I did this right now. I got on private jets and fly all over the world and see the world because of this instrument. So this instrument can carry you all the way if you do it right. And That's the right. kids, they, they love that because they're like, wow, you know. It's not it's lies. It's, yeah. it's a real story. No, it isn't. And, you know, there is... Maybe there's a small amount of luck, but overall, it's really only the hardest working ones that get all the way. It's yeah. just the way it is. And maintenance is a big part of it. Some some parents I've in the past would be like, you know, you can't tune the instrument at the beginning of the lesson. And I'm like, well, that's part of the learning. You have to be able to tune the instrument. You know, <laughs> just because we didn't start playing a song, not that the student's even ready yet, that doesn't mean we're not learning. You know, just me talking to a student is learning, and the same for you. You know. Yeah. So you start to the tuning, you know, you have to tune your you instrument. You have to be able to tune the instrument. Yeah, that's, I think it's anyone watching will agree with that, you know. <laughs> so I, you, you told me a long time ago that you just played with your thumb for a while until you dreamt about using your plucking fingers. Is this true? Did I remember yes, that correctly? That's correct. Yeah, it was a thumb or, or a thumb or a pig, you know. Right. Trying to play the pig. But now... So, yeah, everything I was playing uh, with my thumb. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. like I was trying to do some adjustment, not really much slapping then. 
right. That came, that came later, but most of what I was doing just thumb plucking, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, like. So you know, I play like that, but and then one night sleeping, and then I dream this person without a head. I just yeah. see the the, the hand. <laughs> Everything the thumb was resting on on top of the lower string. You know, right. Playing. So I woke up and I remember that, and I tried wow. to to lucky like, get my finger walking, you know. and then the song. Instead of because right. the tone the tone changes, you know. So yeah. this one. And then and then the notes I started to hear like longer notes instead of the shorter notes or the muted thing. And I just stay with the walking. You know, then I play around with it. All the songs that I was playing with the thumb, so I had to change to play with the fingers. You had to switch it over, right? Yeah. But your yeah. thumb is so strong because of it. I mean, you've got one of the best thumbs in the business by far. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah the tone I, that you get especially is incredible. Yeah, especially now doing the slapping stuff like I can. <laughs> and I can do the triplets. Yeah. groove it's a whole groove but i mean the tone that you're getting really is on every recording that i've heard you slap it's really something man and and it, it you can tell that you worked on this a lot because a lot of people don't work on it a lot before presenting it i was never happy with this for a long time yeah i wasn't no, i wasn't ready you because know? you have to hear it and you have to balance it not too bright not too too muddy right you have to find 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 that uh sound you know like my, all my bases, you know, get a, a really good slapping sound. Sometimes I can slap the whole song, you know, just right. uh, without losing any any quality, you know. And yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, a slap song. You could still yeah. get your tone. Yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah, and you there was a guy. It. There was a guy like that uh, uh, from uh, Level Forty Two, Mark King. Yeah, Mark King. I mean, that guy was was unbelievable to play to play like that. The whole song, you know, even the whole record slapping, you know. The whole and he's a singer too, you know. So that was yeah, and singing on top. That was a big yeah. deal. It's it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> but you know, all that stuff works together with the amp, the bass, preamp, and you know, okay, what do you want to do? You know, how is he going to sit with the bass drum? The bass drum, if it's too muddy, find a way of matching the bass drum sound. You know, right. Yep, you gotta find a way to, and that yeah, maybe that's an engineer's job, but they don't always have an engineer. So you gotta, you gotta make it happen, you know. Yeah, sometimes you know you work with a drama. Like I mean, I've worked with some amazing drama. You know, Steve Gadd for for so many years. Man. And uh, you know, I work with Buddy Williams in different occasions, and Jonathan Joseph played with Weather Report. He plays a little different than other people. So you know, like every drama, I adjust to their style of you know what they're doing. If the hands is like really fast, you know, but you know, everything is, but it's in the pocket. So I have to find a pocket that's going to match it. Yeah. You know, match the pocket. So I'm, I'm learning too, because I'll put that together and not come in and say, Hey, my pockets. This is me. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It doesn't work that way. You no, 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 no. You adjust. You adjust. You know, definitely, man.
So, you know, I want to, before I, before we kind of get into the, yeah. the meat and potatoes of Graceland, because I do have some questions and I think a lot of people do. I'm very curious about how it all happened. Um, you had said something a long time ago to me and I'm, I want to see if maybe it was when you said you were stuck for, you know, 16 months or eight months in different locations of Soweto, which I, I read is Southwest Township. Is that what that really means? Uh, no, the, the uh, 16 months was in Zululand. Oh, Zululand. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, you know, like, let's see, from Soweto, it's like about seven hours. Oh, okay, okay. So, because so you had... North and then you, Zimbabwe, yeah. You had mentioned that you were... There was this huge tree that you were playing under every day when you were stuck at this one place. I don't remember where it was. That was in Zimbabwe. And you said it was around the time I was born, 1982. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, 1982. Yeah, Incredible, yeah. That's when man. I was. Uh, that's when I was stuck in Zimbabwe. And then every time, cause the the weather was so hot in Zimbabwe. Right. Like five o'clock in the morning, you gotta get up. You know. And right. So, so I used to yeah go and, and just sit under that tree and uh, even secure the tree for the day because it's gonna be hell, man. It's gonna be hot. Right. right. And you need, the, need the tree. The house doesn't have the AC, so right. you gotta be out. And so that tree was 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 my savior. Incredible. And uh, I'll sit there all the time. You know, there was a connection with the nature too. It's not just it was not just playing, but it was the the connection the nature because that tree became became my uh, yeah my 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 savior pretty much. You know. Yeah. It and sounds I'll like sit it. Sit there, and it gives me the nice shade and cover. I put a tree on the thumbnail for this episode for that reason, actually. You see the roots are in the ground and the yeah. base is there with the drums. And then, and then the top of the tree has the, you know, the microphone and the accordion and the keyboard and stuff. Right. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was deep. And then, you know, the thing getting to Zimbabwe and they just won the uh, independent. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. It was, it was also a little scary, you know, uh, not understanding the politics side of it. You yeah, know, like, just oh, stuck, wow, yeah. independent, yeah, and now we, we're stuck in Zimbabwe, and it's like everybody's celebrating, and what is the celebration, you know? <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't expect that, but, you know, for it, it was it was interesting because at a time, South Africa was going through some, some really difficult changes. So being in Zimbabwe was like a, a relief, and, uh, you know, there was some happiness. Everybody's happy, so you just join the happiness and become happy, you know? Yeah, well, you've... You've spread your happiness to a lot of people. You really have. And I read in some interview, I think it was Bass Magazine Online from right after you released your most recent album, What You See Is What You Hear. You were yeah. talking about how, you know, you see homeless people everywhere you go and like, hey, I was just like you and you know, just keep going. You're going to make it. You bring them some food. Yeah, yeah. Said I was, some really nice things. Man. I was finding I was finding the story that matches my story and then just feel really good because I was homeless pretty much, you know, when I started. You know, once I left my house, I was, you know, living everywhere. Yeah. So seeing the homeless, you know, I have to talk to them and I have to give them something, you know, like I'm looking for the laundromat and then, you know, I talk to the guy, hey, so why are you on the street? Yeah. People will tell me all kinds of stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, I said, man, go buy yourself bread and then sometimes give up my clothes that, you know, I don't wear on tour, buy some new stuff. But, yeah. you know, that just taught me not to, uh, you know, forget people and, and always be there because 
you know, playing the instrument for me, it's, it's you know, when you go on, it's, it will stay. You know, you can't take it with you, you know, but uh, it's just that we have to remind ourselves that, you know, everything that we have, it's a, it's a gift and uh, things that they borrowed us because use it the right way and then leave it the way you find, you know. You know, I cannot boast about the instrument like, you know, I'm better than anybody, you know, I'm just grateful that I can do what I can do. And I can survive with the instrument, but I'm not better than anybody. I'm just fortunate and I'm, I'm just so lucky. But also, too, I put a lot of work. Right. To, to Almost do your entire life. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was, the, that was the only thing that I knew and I had to hold on. And like, man, no school, you don't have money to go to college. You know, you don't know what the college is. Yeah, but for me to right, go right. to college now, see my daughters, and then go to speak at my daughter's college, or or play, uh, it's like wow, you know, I didn't, I didn't think we'd get this far, but now it's here. So that means everything that I've done, I can be able to share. But you know, it's a gift that we were all given. You know, that's right, man. No, it's it's true, and you just have to, you have to just have you know, faith in yourself and make sure it happens yeah. because everyone's got gifts. Every, we all have it. We're just, unfortunately, we're, we're kind of trained to suppress them or just forget about them. Like your dreams are unimportant. You need to go get that 401k right now. And who yeah. knows if that's even going to be around in five years, you know? So yeah. people are, I think a lot of people are starting to, people are starting to realize it. You yeah. know, not that they need to necessarily try to be homeless right away, but that you have to pursue your dreams and there are ways to do it. And you yeah, really can be yeah. anything you want, you know? Not everybody's going to be like you, you know? Like, you like, you know, when I go to the township this time, this trip, going back to Soweto and looking and said, man, you know, I changed that when I was young because I said, listen, I don't think anybody's thinking the way I'm thinking. You know, my thinking is to change this. I want to move forward. I don't mm. want to be in a place where it's depressing. Even if you try to do good, but you wake up every day, see everybody's depressed, now you're down too. No, no, I don't want to be part of that. I want to go where the light is, you know, and uh, follow the light. And I follow the light and I learn as I follow the light. That's beautiful. You know, That's why I moved out of go, New York. <laughs> yeah, That's why we took the family out of New York, you know? You know, like for me coming to New York, it was like, oh, now you made it. Like this is a big light, you know, twenty four seven. It's it's bright light. Right. So you know, like okay, I think this is where I belong. You know, yeah, I, the lights. Belong, I belong to you have the lights, but over there they still have a problem. Low sharing. The musicians, they they can't control the electricity, the power, and nobody's speaking. Very very interesting to say why we're having a low sharing. And if somebody's stealing the copper or all those things, they should wow. speak up and say, look, let's stop this. Yeah. But you know, everybody's desperate and the bad people, they steal to sell, to make money. And the, the people are struggling. They, they come, you know, the, the, the power just goes off. Like my, my son's house, it was a time when nine months, no electricity. Nine and months? then he comes in, in and then he comes in for like, a week or two weeks and then it's gone you know wow but two nobody's gonna pay for the electricity because nobody has a job so the electricity right. is a new thing my time there was no electricity you know you depend on the candle so when you practice there's a, a little 
car battery or old car battery you practice just to get your fingers moving but this you know it's like, wow <laughs> it, was a, it was it was a disaster you know Oh man, yeah. My dad in Colombia had no electricity either. Really didn't have any running water, yeah. or not, the definitely generator. didn't have a warm shower. That's for sure. <laughs> it's the generator, and then we have the gig, like you know, the stuck in Zululand. We have a generator. Sometimes it's not working. You gotta buy the gas. You uh, play the gig, and then all of a sudden the generator gets generator. quiet. So the gas station is closed. You know? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> all right. So like we said, you have you have your BGAG life. Where before Graceland, after Graceland. So how did Paul Simon find you exactly? How did this all happen? Well, it happens because of respecting the traditional music of my people. You know, I played on those recordings, not thinking like, you know, one day somebody big, you would listen to this music and want to do something. Right. So, yeah, like I said earlier, you know, like I, I you know, I get involved with the Sutu music, I learn their music play the session, like the Shona music, the Zimbabwe music, and I learned that music. And the, the bass that I played, of course, just made it different because it didn't sound like any any other sound. And so playing on those traditional songs, like the Boy in the Bubble and, you know, uh, Diamonds, that's where I got an opportunity because when they had this bass sound, Paul was very interested, like, wow, what is this? And then, so you can work things around that, like, you know, when you write a song, it's gonna be based on that, you know, that kind of sound. And the bass was, was the foundation of everything. So when they called me to come to the studio, I had no idea, you know, what was going on now. I was working as a mechanic in the meantime, having my bass, during the lunchtime, I'll play my bass, but you know, uh, and uh, I got a call to say, you know, they're looking for me in the studio. Like, <laughs> at my job, and I'm working as a mechanic, just helping, you know, the mechanic, you know, yeah. running and get all the stuff, hammer, all, everything that they got, go get the hammer, go get this, that, <laughs> all day. But one day he says, hey, you know, they don't want you in the studio. Um, this man, Paul Simon, that's Paul Simon. It was Paul Simon, yeah, right, came out of nowhere. Yeah, man, and for me, it's like, oh, right, I will go. I will go, and I went to the studio. It's a different adjustment because now you come to the studio, you don't know if everything's going to go well, you know, but what do you do? You just say, let me read what's going on, play what's needed. Don't panic. Don't try to overdo it. All the thinking, you know, me, I think all the time, you know, like this is a different project. So I'm just going to follow the instruction. Let me, I'm here to learn, you know, yeah. also to not and be comfortable because I got my instrument. I got, I got something. So they like what I got. So I can just work on that and just clean up the mess, you know. And, uh, you know, and then it just got better every day, every time I'm in the studio playing and they love it. And then I listen back and I said, oh, man, this, this sounds so good. So it, it's giving me some ideas to stay with it. Right. Because it's it's there now, you know. If I'm not hearing it, I'm going to try to go the wrong direction. But it's, it's right there. So I just, you know, stay with it. And, uh, you know, it's we're recording and it just got better. And uh, sure. 
and you know, just move forward, man. The next thing I was on the plane going to New York and record more stuff. That's right, when you I finished your recordings there, right? Like Lady yeah. Smith, Black Mombaza was there and stuff. Yeah, York. everybody was there. Yeah, yeah. What is your relationship with them? Uh, they're they're unbelievable, and they're still doing it, right? They're still doing it. Actually, we have a show coming up uh, March 10th. Really? I'm going to be opening the show for them. Oh, nice, man. Amazing. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's only, they, they, we've been doing a lot of recordings, you know, while they're on tour. Sometimes we go to the studio. And then I went to visit them. They were at the Dolly Parton studio. It's called the Dollywood or something. Dollywood, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we went to visit them and we spent a couple of days. They're my friends, you know, because their father was, was my friend. Right. But the, the boys, um, uh, Joseph's sons, so they became my friends. And uh, so I'm excited to op uh, open the show for them. That's amazing. I think they prove how important singing really is, you know, no matter what instrument you play. You yeah. do need to be able to sing something, even if you don't think you're a good singer. It makes a humongous impact on your musical life and on your in your soul. It makes it a big impact on your soul, too. When you sing, you resonate your entire you know, skull and your skeletal. You're telling the system. story. You're telling the story. You know, you don't matter about you know how great you want to sing or your voice is polished. No, sing. Tell the story. Yep. You know, tell the story. Your voice is 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 your shield. You know, and it's it's what you fight with. You know, and but Lady Smith Black Mombasa has been their tradition for so many years because. It's 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 a gospel music that right. was used back in the minor days, you know, with the minors weekends. That's how they entertain their families when they come to visit them. You know, they dress up and sing the a cappella stuff, and uh, and that's cool. Happen, so, I guess the U.S. equivalent is what the songs they would sing when they would bang in the railroads. They had like yeah, their rhythmic yeah, stuff. It was the same similar. idea. Same idea. Yeah, yeah. Same idea. It's, yeah, because without singing, man, it's going to be a long day. <laughs> so, I mean, you've been to every continent, I assume. You know, what, 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 what was the most surprising thing about going from continent to continent? Was there anything that was really surprising or were you kind of getting prepared for it mentally overall? It's learning, you know, it's learning what everybody's doing, every country, every, they do things different. So you're not trying to tell them, oh, this is wrong. You know, you, you kind of learn because you're going to be the wrong one because you're just a visitor. You're there for like, you know, three days or so. But, but, you know, you, you, you it's, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm glad that we did that for so many years. And, and, and and land being in a different place, the culture is different, the food, you know, the, the, the love and just everything, everything. You become those people. Every right. place I go, I become the local people. And if I have five days, then I rent a bike and I'm like riding. <laughs> I did, like, you know, in, in uh, Amsterdam, everybody's riding their bicycle. So right. you're part of that. But you have to know where you go because you are a new person. So, sure. but, but you learn, you learn and adjust and enjoy them too, you know, because the world, it's, it's for all of us. It doesn't matter where you're born or where you're going, but it's, that's right. You, you respect that, that culture and then take it with you. Now I come home and I can try dish, dishes that I, uh, I learned from those countries. <laughs> and that's cool. Home. And I have a piece of every country that I, I travel, you know, I buy a little cup or something. 
yeah. that I can bring with me and then I look at this every day and say, yeah, man. Oh, that was amazing. nice when I was there, you know, like, and uh, that stayed with me for a long time. And pictures, you know, we have pictures, yeah. videos. Oh, great. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. You know, speaking of being the wrong person, Paul Simon went through a little bit of hell just putting this album together. How did anyone even know he was showing up to record an album? There seemed to be a lot of pushback from certain people to get him out of there. You know, what are you doing here? How much yeah. of that story can you tell right now? That there was a lot going on over there. Yeah, well, you know, it's because when nobody understands what other people are doing, mm -hmm. you know, you you won't understand. You know, music is music. No matter where who you play with, only musicians can understand. But the other side, they don't understand, and 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 musicians don't understand what they're dealing with. You know what exactly they do it. Like for us, then for me, it was not about those people. It was about the music and the sure. opportunity. You know that I can, I can, I cannot do it for somebody who doesn't understand my craft. You know, and I work so hard for my craft, and then somebody's going to tell me not to do that. Right. You know, but uh, yeah, it was not uh, some people understanding what was going on. But for us as musicians, we understood because it was a. It was a great way to introduce our culture and introduce us, you know. So, yeah. And it's a very simple answer for that because really. That's yeah. something, man. Yeah, it. I know there was a lot of turmoil. And I, I was always curious, how far did yeah, you I, never, I didn't even. I didn't even pay attention of what what everybody was saying because I really didn't understand. Them, uh, right, right. Why they don't have a right to tell me what to do, you know. This is... And they have no right to tell anybody. First of all, they can't play a note or anything. So leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I just wondered, was the band ever stopped at the door? Like, you guys aren't doing this anymore. Did that ever happen? No, you no, guys no. avoided, you avoided any kind of problems the whole time? No, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, you know, some people, they pay attention. Some people didn't pay attention. I just, yeah. I mean, like, I, I didn't see it was a problem. It was just like, you know, hustling and trying to get more for themselves, mm. you sure. know, because, you know, people, they do that. Most they take from musicians or people and use them to say, hey, look, I want to do this for you. Right. Oh, okay, do it. When it's yeah. time to do it, they take from you. Like, hey, you promised me, but where is that? You know? uh -huh. But this this, this was a, a good timing. It had to be political. But, yeah. you know, if I was one of those people pay attention of why, why political, and not even understanding the politics of it. Why? So why am I going to just not do it? You Maybe know? people were jealous that this was even happening and that you it's guys were selected to be no, part it's, of it. The people that just wanted to uh, take, as usually people take yeah. from people, you know. So, yeah, that was just, uh, for me, it was really stupid. Oh, but I, I didn't stop because of that. So I moved forward and then I got better. Right. Um, well... Maybe we should mention one more thing from the Graceland now, because you have, there's a lot of, there are, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. There are not a lot of bass solos that people know, but you have the bass solo heard around the world. And yeah. how did it all happen? I mean, yeah, I can play it, but I know that it isn't physically doable. So uh, how did it even happen? Did you like just mess around and they, they played it backwards? How, how did it happen? 
Well, you know, yeah, that's, yes, that's exactly, you know, of course, the story's been out for a long time that yeah. the thing was backwards. I just played it. The timing was right, because when I asked about playing that, the timing was, was right. I didn't wait for a long time. And right, right. I, I got a good answer for it. Okay, oh, yeah, try it. Right. And I tried the thing, and then, but the engineer, too, his timing was like, hey, wait a minute. This is great. You know, backwards, boom. It's all about the good timing, and uh, I didn't. I didn't plan it. I just said about what I wanted to do, and everybody says, "Okay, let's agree." You know, right. sometimes you can say that, and everybody say, "No, that's it," and then it's gone. What you wanted to try, but for me, it was about man, just amazing timing, <laughs> amazing timing, and uh, it was just, you know, a trust. I trust that what I wanted to do, and the engineer trusts that what he's gonna receive or what he's gonna do to make my trust better. And then Paul trusted me to say, "Oh, you want to play something? Uh, let's see." Right. Let's see it. And uh, so everybody trusted each other. Not say, "I want to play this," and and I'm not sure if it's gonna work out or not. It's all the. It's all about the trust. It's all about. Trust. Sometimes it's hard to 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 describe what oh, everything sure. but it, but it was about the timing you buy the lottery ticket and then the next thing they call your name you're like what yeah, i didn't, I didn't explain. <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't win no way yeah, yeah yeah yeah. that's funny because it's sort of like is that really the answer but that's studio magic there it is this is studio magic this is how it works you never know what it's going to be you just you you fill out the lottery ticket and you hope that they call you back that's it it was, it, one of those, it was one of those things that, you know, you want to come in, the gate is open, just get in and the gate is going to close. As soon as you're in, the gate is going to close and the gate was closed as soon as I got in. Now right. that says that every bass player is going to hear this song and you hear this, you know, like, oh, wow, what the hell is that? What is that? You know, and then people, they're going to want to try. And for me, it's like a blessing that I play something that everybody's trying. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody's selling everything, you know, you have you see other bass players, they come in with some difficult tapping things and people, they land and they do it. But for me, that I played, then, you know, it's a song. It's in the song. It's not just like a bass solo. Right. It's in it's the song. The song. So yep. It's part of the song. You know, you play for a wedding group, you know. Yeah. It's, and it, you play the group, and then when it comes to that solo, you know, it, it just belongs there. You know, it's like, oh, wow. You right. know, I played every night when we were on tour. <laughs> every time you come to that point, man, people, they, they wait for it, you know. And when it comes, man, it's massive. You know, my engineer pushed the thing so Oh, sure, he's going to blast you, right? So loud. <laughs> it says, you own this, buddy. And, uh, yeah, one time, one time, I, I don't think I can repeat that, you know. Um, I'm not even thinking about it because I done it one time and uh, that's it, man. Like I said earlier, plan A, there is no B for me. It's plan A, everything. It's the first time. This is why it, it has worked out for you. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, yeah, there's maybe there was a tiny bit of luck. Maybe. I don't think so. You know, it's easy to say that, but this would not have happened if you didn't completely 100% focus your entire life to this. Your intention was there. You were spiritually 100% connected with it, and you never stopped. And you kind of already knew what was going to happen before you even started. You're like, this is where I'm going. This is what's happening. Yeah. And then it happened because of that. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was uh, God sent, man, because, too, you know, we don't do things 
thinking like, yeah, I'm pushing myself and, you know, uh -huh. but there's a, there's a reason, there's something that's pushing you to make you, you. So, and when you see that you, you get that, then you, you try to work on that. Like I have a support, you know, I have a support. I see that, I hear that, and I feel it, you know, when, when you feel it, man, it's all good, man. It's, it's all smooth. But if you don't feel it, it's a fight because you're going to try to find it. Well, I think that's the ultimate lesson here. You've been a teacher. Just by saying that, we know you're a teacher. That says it all, man. I, I think that, that that's a great way to end this, as a matter of fact. I really appreciate you coming on. Man, thank you. Thank, thank you. And congratulations, Ben. You know, it's, I was always proud of you. And you're playing. It's, it's beautiful, man. I remember the first time when you came in for a lesson. And I yeah. said, play, play something. And you play stuff. I said, man. <laughs> what am I going to teach you? <laughs> Where are we going from here? <laughs> and I listen to you and I watch your hands and you can bend your fingers backwards and right. say, man, you got something special. You know, like these are the things that you have to recognize and work on it and say, wow, you know, like I'm using my power. This is your power. And I enjoy playing with, you know, watching you play. And then also like if, like I couldn't do Island Ivers kick and I said, George, take this kick again. And you did it, man. You, you know, that was a and your friend, your friendship was beautiful, man, and your family. And I'm just happy for you for everything. Well, you me know? too, man. I feel the same way. And you've given me so much. You've given me these unbelievable gigs. Eileen Ivers, Morris Goldberg. I met Dan Bailey because of you. It's a lifelong yeah. friendship. Yeah, it means the world to me. You trusted me. You, you believed that I wouldn't be late or lazy about it, and I wasn't. And yeah, I because I knew you were like determined to land and you already got something and so you need more, you know, and I was very fortunate and blessed that I was there for you to, uh, you know, to take this to another level. And I'm really proud of you, man. Thank you and so just, much. Man. Just keep it going, man. I'm, I'm really happy. Of course. I would, uh, thank you so much. You, you single-handedly changed my life. You did. Thank and you. um and it all started at the guitar shack right the little guitar shack so. guitar shack, yeah ralph man ralph man so ralph, you know that, yeah. that kind of brings it full circle i i actually did just start a bass player university which i'm very excited about maybe you could be a special guest one day who knows and please please anytime man. oh yeah man i got all kinds of stuff going on i just released my first book as a matter of fact i might be doing a little giveaway on that i've got a, news articles on the website you know, my Rockfin channel is growing. The YouTube is stagnant. We'll see what happens with that. But um, you've graced me with your Graceland. You've graced me with your presence here. And, and I'm sure know, everyone is so happy to hear what you have to say. And we'll really enjoy this. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you for, uh, you know, inviting me. Of course. Thank you again. And uh, we'll see you guys real soon. Plenty more where this came from. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.